0: of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude Goose, aka Bull Scripted, and we are here on a Sunday fun day. So if you listen to Socks on Tap, you guys know what Sunday fun day is all about. Usually recapping the week, hot topics, things, you know, of uh, important nature that we'd like to talk about when we did the white socks on tap. Don't worry, Cubs fans. I know my dude Goose is a Cub fan. There are Cubs on taps that do the same thing. So this is going to be the first ever Sunday Fun Day Bulls edition. Um, just wanted to break that down and, you know clearly for everybody. I did fall asleep during the magical comeback last night. I finished watching it this morning. After traveling back and forth from Orlando to Miami, back to Chicago, I was wiped out. But we're here. We're going to break that shit down. But first, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at BullsOnTap. Following my dude, Goose, at Bull scripted and following me at Buzz on Tap Goose. Let's talk about the game last night, and then you know we we might even preview Martin Luther King Day. Uh, Bulls have Milwaukee on that day, and we'll announce our special guest at the end of this episode for tomorrow's episode. But uh, how you doing, man?
1: Well, <clears throat> Sunday fun day's a bit ironic for me because it's the opposite. It's my craziest day at work, so uh, I'm a little drained. I'm a little tired. But uh, it was nice to go to work in Bulls gear today. Because last night, as ugly as it was in the first half, we may or may not have done done something kind of magical at the end there. Or Zach did something magical.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to crack him to that one, buddy. I'm going to crack him to that one. Zach Levine deserves a bunch of crackums because the kid's been on absolute fire, man. Let's. Let's talk about this game in general. So the first half, obviously, I was still awake for that. Kevin Love was kind of doing whatever he wanted. Colin Sexton was having a field day. Um, and it, we just weren't getting a lot from the Bulls. I th- through the first five minutes of the game, I think Luke Cornett had taken four or five shots. marketing had none. Uh, no plays being ran for Lowry again, even to, despite him saying um, the, the prior night, Goose, or was it after last night? I can't remember. No, it was the prior night, I believe. That he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. Something that you and I, or he said selfish, but something that you and I have been talking about for a while on this show. Now, that's actually something that you brought up as well, I think, on the last episode, that he needs to, you know, command the ball a little bit more and and, uh, maybe throw the offense out of the rhythm that Jim's trying to set for it so he can get himself going. So I I want to break down those comments real quick, you know, while while we have marketing on our minds.
1: Um, you know, I think everybody at this point has probably said that. I don't think it's just us because it's that glaring of a problem. Um, obviously he did end up with double the amount of shots of Cornet despite starting out the way it did. Um, that first half we we got Sexland and loved. That's that's Garland and Sexton together, Sexland and Love. Um, you know <laughs> <coughs> we just we got killed I think they shot like 70% from three point land in the first half
0: yeah that is and, correct
1: and you had to assume that that was going to come down at some point but I, I thought the game was over they showed Michael Reinsdorf sitting with uh, I guess Sunday Funday, Day in the Sox comes back again Mr. Rick Hahn uh, was sitting in a luxury booth with Mr. Michael Reinsdorf Um, so I was almost hoping that we would have continued to get our ass kicked in the second half personally um, maybe get a stir out of him but no I mean Lowry's situation Jim is gonna have to adjust and Jim seems to take things from the media quite a bit so maybe we'll finally see it Uh, because the team needs it Zach can't do this all by himself.
0: No, and and that's a great point. So, like, when Lowry came out and said that, um, you know, I I, I was waiting for this. And I know that a lot of other people have been saying it. You know, I mean, we're not the only ones that have that opinion, but it's something that we've mentioned on our show quite often. And personally, you know, I want to see Lowry get not just angry at how Jim coaches him, but angry for arguably how we saw it in the offseason, how one of his favorite teammates is having to bear this load. Every night, dude. It's night in and night out. that If Zach Levine isn't on, Bulls are fucking losing. And that's it. And it, it, it's just unfortunate. And then you get all these people on Twitter that... Are hating on Zach? Oh, he's just a scorer. He's nothing else. Just knock it off. Because if you want to talk numbers, we can talk numbers this season, and we can all shut them down right away.
1: Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Can can I can I please? Can Absolutely. I please say, this
0: is Sunday Fun Day. This is where we have fun. You say whatever the fuck you want. All right.
1: You said Zach in numbers, and everybody wants to tag Zach for his defense and how horrible it is. And uh, somebody actually sent me a direct message of our boy, Coach Ron, getting on the Zach attack. <laughs> After is he bad, bro? uh <laughs> Huh?
0: I, I forgot Ron existed. I think he blocked me.
1: No, he he blocked me, but he he was gone for a while. Apparently some team was paying him for scouting advice, so he had to get off Twitter. Um now he's back. Okay. And he tried to say that Zach Levine has the worst defensive rating in the league. He actually claimed that this is what it, a front office executive said. Now he now he really said threw that. Me this it was a screenshot of his tweet that was sent to me by one of my followers um, who sent me the whole conversation. Um, and it was like a three-page thread. Oh. But either way, he claimed that Zach Levine has the worst defensive rating in the entire league, okay? Um, of the players that average... Over 25 field goals a game. There's some good names in here. James Harden has a worse defensive rating by one one point. Zach is a 108 defensive rating per 100 possessions. Harden is a 109. Obviously, you're giving up more points. Luka Doncic, a 108. Donovan Mitchell, 109. Russell Westbrook, 109. Bradley Beal, 118. Trey Young, 115. Andrew Wiggins, 113. So you go down the line here, Mm -hmm. um, Spencer Dinwiddie, 111. There are so many players around the league that are worse defensively than Zach Levine this year. Um, And they're not getting attacked for that side of the ball. So so what
0: you're saying is that this guy is 100% wrong.
1: No, he's making shit up.
0: And then and, and this front office executive that told him that probably shouldn't have a job because it just takes us a couple clicks to find out that's, that that's just not the case.
1: No, I mean, I I think he just doesn't exist because, yeah, there's no way that he wouldn't know. So that you think
0: that's a terms. complete bullshit? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, but no. But, but what, you, you said numbers in Levine. So I, I thought that was a fun one. I got some more for later. Cause, but that one, that was one that was just, it was lobbed up there. So But back to the game.
0: <laughs> yeah so back to the game so obviously it starts off real bad um bulls i believe go into the half they, they're down what was it uh, god i think it was like 14
1: 17 7 it should have been more like 14 but then we uh did some dumb stuff and it ended up being 17
0: <laughs> right so then the bulls come out in the third quarter they outscore the uh calves by two it's a 31 point second or third quarter i'm sorry for the chicago bulls to 29 for cleveland then all of a sudden for what some people are saying is tanking or whatever, you know, Cleveland falls off in the fourth. Just completely donezo. Some defensive adjustments were made. Um, Chicago scores 31 again, two consecutive quarters, 31. They actually scored. Wait. I'm
1: sorry. Defensive adjustments? You mean we stopped putting Felicio and Cornette on the floor?
0: That's what I was kind of alluding to without saying it. Um, but yes. <laughs> yes. So 30, 31 points for the Bulls, 14 for the Cavs, and that it, it, 31 of the uh, 21, I believe, of those 31 points were scored by none other than Zach Levine. Um, I know you got to see it live in the moment. I had to watch it back at six o'clock this morning because that's when I woke up and was able to really pay attention to it, uh, dude. And fuego. fire! That, that kid is something else, man. And I just really wish he had some help around him because I, he, he, he's really good. He, he's, he has really improved and that's the way I just kind of want to put it.
1: No, I mean, I was confused why he wasn't getting most improved player attention last year. Obviously, Siakam took that well deserved, right. but Zach wasn't even in the conversation. And that's more of my point is I don't think Zach should have won it last year. Um, but, The fact that he wasn't even in the conversation, I mean, maybe that makes him eligible to be in the conversation this year, but I just don't think that was right. Like, Zach has taken a major leap, and it goes so under the radar how, like, he has progressed after an ACL injury.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot, you know, honestly, dude, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I forget that he had it. Well, no, yeah, because you never Right. Right. you you just you would never know that he had it with, that, with his <coughs> athleticism, his speed, his confidence. And, and, again, you know, technology has changed, you know, and everything like that. And it could be a mindset thing, too, where these injuries aren't as um, impactful as, I guess, they used to be. It's kind of like Tommy John in baseball, you know. Like, it used to spell doom, but not so much anymore. And uh, I, you wouldn't be able to tell. I guess that, you know. We'll we'll lead that in to just this game ending and Zach taking it over and the Bulls win in this game by two points. You know, the Bulls finish off 118-116. They beat Cleveland, which Cleveland's very bad. They're 12-31. and
1: <coughs> Should have never been in the position. To be right. Honest.
0: Right. They shouldn't have been in the position to lose this game like they did uh, or to win this game like they did. That's Cleveland. Um, but, you know, Zach put the team on his back. He led them back to victory. So taking that and branching off into one of our topics tonight is – Zach Levine's all-star case, and I'd like you to start with, not, not a plea, but your case for why Zach Levine should be an all-star.
1: All right, well, first of all, Zach is only one of 11 players that have played 44 games. Obviously, not all teams have played 44 games yet, but Zach Levine has played every single basketball game this year through injury, um, through Jim Boylan, and that alone deserves some merit. So, uh, another fun stat, Zach is 11th in three-point attempts this year, and of those 11 players um, taking over nine, like around nine attempts, Zach is second in percentage, only behind Davis Bertans. Yes, Davis Bertons, uh, at least in terms of volume in the top ten.
0: You talk about has, fire with that guy, right, dude?
1: <laughs> As the best three-point shooting percentage in the NBA that is crazy to think about
0: yeah it is it really is especially with the athleticism that Zach Levine um, you know possesses he coming into the league Zach could do everything decently but he was more known as getting to the rim with the thunderous you know dunks and and quickness and and to see how his game is involved and again you know going back to what you said before about him having a fucking ACL injury look at the guy he's completely turned his game around and he looks like a he looks like he can be That dude, he's only 24, he's missed a season, I know Fred likes to say he's not, you know, he's a veteran, he's not a, uh, you know, he's not a a newbie in the league and stuff like that, but he did miss, you know, he did miss a considerable amount of time with that ACL injury and then traded, he hasn't played for the best fucking coaches, I can tell you that much, but what he's doing right now is is, is really, is really uh, admirable in my, in my mind.
1: He was never a first option until he got to Chicago after his right. ACL. Right, I mean, he
0: dealt with Cat and Wiggins over in Minnesota, you know?
1: Yep, second fiddle to Wiggins from day one because they were taken in the same draft. Um, and then Cat comes in and ultimately makes Wiggins second fiddle, which means Zach was number three, um, which in the grand scheme was probably a solid thing to build on, but uh, they wanted Jimmy Butler. Or Tibs wanted Jimmy Butler, I guess. Um, but no, I don't know how you can't give Zach the nod, at least over Beal this year. And I'd, I'm the kind of person, I'd take Bradley Beal um, over Zach Levine, at least up until this point. I don't know, contract-wise and potential-wise, uh, Zach still might have room to grow. Beal might just be Beal at 26. Um, but he, like Zach, came into the league very young. And that's why their age is so misleading, because they came in Freshly, ate, like right at the age limit to be enter the draft. Right. So, um, now Zach, I guess you'd have to watch the Bulls, and that's hard to do. So maybe that's why Zach's not getting the recognition that he deserves. But it won't be because of stats. Uh, it won't be because of defense. We already covered that with the fun stat earlier.
0: I mean, it can't be. It can't be because of stats. I mean, if you look at him, he, he's a stuffer. I mean, he's at <clears throat> almost five rebounds a game. He's at 25 points. I'm going off a basketball reference per game right now. Screen's pulled up. It's 25 points per game, 1.4 steals. He's in the top ten in steals in the NBA, by the way. He's ninth um, in, in total steals. He's uh, averaging four assists, like I said, five boards. The kid's shooting 48% from two-pointer, from, uh, you know, from, from two, and then he's shooting 39% from three. This kid's a fucking monster, bro. He's averaging 34.1 minutes a game. I, I I don't know. I I don't really know, you know, what else, how else to build a case for Zach Levine. I think his true shooting percentage is like 50-something per, God, man, I could pull it up right now, but um, you have to give me a minute. But it,
1: yeah, it's 57. Yeah, 57. Five-seven-one.
0: Yeah, I knew it was somewhere in there. So, I mean, he, he's definitely improved, and his numbers are better than Beal's numbers. They are.
1: And I, LeBron James is a five seven two true shooting percentage. Oh my God,
0: who's better? Um, <laughs> but I think our case for Zach is, you know, I read a report that coaches were finding it hard to not vote him in because of what he's doing in Chicago. I think the national recognition that he received from, you know, I'm sure a favorite player of yours growing up because he was one of mine as well. Tracy McGrady was awesome. That Tracy McGrady said he's he's doing everything he can. He's trapped there. He's balling. I mean, he's balling. I think that that national recognition helped. I think the things that he's done this year has helped. The Charlotte game, the Cleveland game. I mean, fuck, most of our wins have come because of either Zach Levine or Kobe White, and more of them because of Zach Levine. You know, um, I think that, you know, with it taking place in Chicago, I think that is going to hold a lot of weight. Zach Levine's an all-star, and not just because it's in Chicago, because he's earned it. And and that's where I stand on everything. Like I said, we could sit and talk stats all day. I can go you know, SB Nation, your ass, or fan side, you know, just to try to prove a point, but watch the game, look at everything, this is what this kid is capable of. He's been doing it all year, 44 games. He's an all-star. He earned it, period.
1: I think we can rest our case there. You did mention something uh, just a little bit back, and that's Kobe White winning us some games. That uh, is a trend I'd like to see uh, become trendy again.
0: Yeah, man, but that's so, th- and that's another thing that's so bullshit. So people are starting to lose faith in this kid, but what did Kobe White do in those games that he was taking over in? And it's one glaring difference over what he does now. His mid-range game, it's like completely gone. And it's because the Bulls told him to stop fucking doing it. That made a part of him. He, the kid can get to the rim. He can, he can hit the midy, and he can step out and hit a three. Is he as good as hitting threes he as he is middies? No, but wouldn't you rather take the fucking points? And oh my god, stop throwing that shit at me about oh well, it's point you know one two points per possession compared to point nine seven points. I don't give a fuck. He's a rookie. He's developing. <clears throat> give him the chance to, to do play his game.
1: I know somebody who uh, just might have won a basketball game with some mid-range shots last night. I don't know. I think we were just talking about them.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs)
1: it's, I completely agree. Um, I myself am not a professional NBA shooter, but from what I have heard and gathered uh, in being a fan is that's the kind of shot that you use to get yourself going. That's your rhythm shot. If you're hitting that, all right, now I can step it back. But that is the shot. That's your go-to shot. Um, and unfortunately, with analytics now, and we the fans are, again, somewhat at fault here because we called for this more analytical approach. And like everything Bulls, we just went face-first into it instead of saying, "Yeah, why don't we just dabble a little bit, you know, work it in. We just went boom. And now we're telling our 19-year-old rookie – um, who is a bucket-getter that, hey, if you're not putting it up at the rim, we want you behind the line.
0: Right. Right. I, I just – yes, I'd like to play up to the analytics a little bit, but I don't think that I've ever gone so far deep into it where I'm going to take a, a key part of someone's game out of it, out of their game in general, especially a rookie. You want him to gain that confidence, you know, and – where the Bulls are at right now with not competing, I just let the kid kind of do his thing, you know? I wonder if we come back after the All-Star break and he's not starting, you know? Um, now, the, it, 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 I did, I have changed my tune a little bit, so this is I'm going to say that now because in earlier podcasts, you and I, I can't remember what you had said, but I had said leave him on the bench because I still thought that maybe. I mean, this is going <laughs> – dude, we're like 40-some-odd fucking episodes in. The Bulls have played 44 games. We've only missed like two or three because of me falling asleep or, or you getting off work late or some bullshit like that. But I had said in an earlier podcast that, you know, I'd like to see him come off the bench still because I like that I like that scoring off the bench. You know, at least we know we have it there. But in this point of development purposes, if he's a part of your future plans, I think Zach is forcing the issue to be a part of your future plans, even though the Bulls kind of alluded to him earlier in, well, in this offseason that he wasn't going to be. Um... I think he needs to start, but I think you just need to let him play his game. That's where I'm at with it. I think that uh, Kobe White, I'd be surprised if we don't see him start sometime after the All-Star game, and I really just hope the Bulls kind of take the reins off and be like, all right, listen, we tried this, we fucked up. Go out there and play your game and and see what happens. You know, because I I wouldn't mind to see an offense where Zach brings the ball up the floor, you know, 50% of the time or 40% of the time than you have, you know, kobe bring it up and if auto's back he'll bring you know what i'm saying just something like that If they can learn to play off each other effectively i think that bodes well going into the future i i do do i think it's a championship backcourt uh no but i think it bodes well going into the future where we can be competitive and maybe it can blossom into something but i'll let you go from there sorry i kind of went on a little rant
1: no you're good man um i i completely agree it's hard to understand why you would take tools...
0: We're agreeing ...out of the
1: young players... What was that?
0: I said, we're agreeing way more than we usually do today.
1: <laughs> you know? Oh, it, well, I mean, I, it's idiotic to take tools out of a rookie player's bag. Like, you're, you're handcuffing him, and that's the last thing you need. Yes, you don't want him taking bad shots... And maybe trying to use analytics to not, I don't know, be an ass and be like, hey, you're taking some shitty shots. Maybe that was what the message was and he took it to heart and now he's only doing that. But no, like you've taken the confidence out of the kid the same way that I felt trying to force him to be a ball handler at this point does. Let him create and transition. Let him play off ball. Call a set play for him uh, as the facilitator every now and then. But you don't have to force him into it to the point where now he's guessing, oh, should I shoot this three or do I have to pass this? Right. You just want him to play his game. Right. And that's, that's what you're supposed to do for your young talent. And instead, we're forcing them into a system that they don't fit in. And it's ruining Kobe. It's ruining Lowry. Um, Zach is ultimately the only one that's allowed to take advantage of it because Jim can't tell him no, and Zach ends up doing it at the end of the game when there's no other option because everything Jim has called sucks.
0: And, and basically the game plan has falling apart. So Zach, And Zach's the only one, like you said, you can't tell him no, but at the same time Zach's like, I think Kobe can to a certain extent, Goose, but more so Zach's the only one that can take over and create his own shot on a consistent basis on this roster.
1: Oh, no, because Zach's a three-tier scorer. Right. You you also... You
0: took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly correct.
1: You also just told the opponent that your rookie's not allowed to shoot the mid-range. so why are they going to honor that when defending him? Um, Then they're going to clog up the paint, and he can't make a good pass either, so now you're hindering his playmaking development. There's just so much wrong with that uh, that... It's it's ridiculous, and somebody needs to call Jim, but maybe they're the ones that told him to do it in the first place. So that's kind of the greater issue we got going on.
0: Right. It's so everything with 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 how the front office has kind of been operating and and all that. I mean that that's that's its own podcast. Maybe we could save that for another Sunday fun day because I'd like to start doing these consistently. You know, we're forty four games in now, and uh, I want to you know do a quick shout out to everybody that listens to this we're we're doing really well with the listens and i really appreciate everybody joining us after daily episodes or game uh, gamely i guess you could say episodes um but this has been asked about for you and i to actually just break shit down like this first like kind of a sunday fun day and it comes mostly from the Sox people that transitioned over to bulls uh with us during socks off season which is you know awesome um but i Again, I want to thank everybody for that, and I, I agree with everything that you said on that matter. It's just, it, if we're going to keep doing more of these, I think that our next one's going to have to be talking about Packs and Doug Collins and all that kind of stuff and how, you know, get really in-depth with it. But I do agree with what you said about is it coming from upstairs. I think it is. And I don't, honestly, and I know this is horrible to say because I, again, I go back to saying this a lot. I think Jim Boylan is a nice guy. You and I got to meet him. Juice and I got to meet him. He's a nice fucking dude, and it, like, it physically, like, it makes me, like, my stomach kind of churn sometimes when I hate on him as bad as I do, because I've met him, I've shaken the dude's hand, I talked to him for a good five minutes, I just don't think he's really good at his job, but I think he he was also put in a position to fail because he's got somebody pulling his strings, and Jim's just kind of not a likable guy when it comes to the press, I guess, but...
1: Yeah, he's 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 pretty crappy with the media. Yeah, it, um, it, it it's just it's that aspect, kind of horrible, you know. That aspect is not a strong suit though I think outside of uh defense with Wendell Carter Jr. I don't know that there really is a strong suit. Um you No, know, yeah, see and we could we we almost do do a podcast about Jim every day. Well, so, yeah. but no. Yeah, I do. don't know. I, that's the only thing that makes sense to me outside of the Bulls just knowing, well, we're, if we fire this guy, we're just hiring an interim, and that's probably not much better because the players aren't going to respect him because they don't think he's going to be here. So, outside of that logic, the only reason Jim's still here is because Jim's doing what they're telling him to.
0: I agree with that. You know, I agree with that. It's just, it, you know what's so crazy to me? If you go back early and you go back preseason or the practice that you and I attended together, which was just a fucking awesome night, dude. We had a couple beers at the practice. We watched this awesome, like, I felt like I learned a lot while I was there. I don't know about you, but I felt like I learned a lot about pacing, spacing, you know, all this stuff. Like how Jim was kind of running everything, and it was like, wow, man, it's like a fluid fucking motion. You know, it, it looked good. It looked it looked good. Obviously, I guess we were fooled, but. Yeah, practice is one thing, right. you know, no, you're absolutely, the game. Right, you're absolutely right, but to see what it kind of become, this is something that I wanted to kind of talk about too, because we have not in depth yet. That practice that we were at, that we were fortunate enough to go to, to attend, I haven't seen a lot of that played out within the bull season. I think it started that way, and they were missing, you know, they were shooting terrible from downtown, like through their first 10 games, they were fucking trash, like, you know, 28%. And, and then he kind of got away from it. And then now that he's been away from it, it's just nothing ever adapted or changed. I know we still get up threes at a, con, a decent rate, more than we did last year, but still. I, I don't know exactly what happened with it. There, you know, There's definitely a lot of issues that this team needs to figure out to be competitive again. But shit, man, I mean, that's who, – who knows what happens. Uh, you know, you, you got guys like Dave Yeager sitting out there, you know, Fizdale who I think the Knicks built just such a terrible fucking roster. You know, and I'm I'll die on that hill too. I I will die on that hill. They signed power forwards. You know?
1: <laughs> like you, mean you don't need Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Julius Randle, is it Marcus? They got Marcus. They got right? one of
0: the fucking Morrises, yeah. They got one of the Morrises. You know, they got Mitch um Mitchell Robinson, correct?
1: Yeah. yeah. So no, he's a good center, but yeah. he's yeah.
0: But he's not a shooter. And then you have point guards like um, who do they bring in over there? They have uh, Frank. I might even try to say his last name, the kid from France, Frick Nicolina or, or whatever, you know, um, they have R.J. Barrett. You you Bar- to try, bro. I, I, I've been drinking. Um, shocker, I know. <laughs> but, you know, uh, they've got R.J. Barrett, you know, but they didn't build a really good team for Fizdale to really fuck around with. You know, I, I think there's some better options. I think that, this, you know, maybe some things will happen this off season. I don't know. But with the Kaplan report coming out that a lot of Bulls personnel are on the hot seat, I, maybe we'll see something different. I, I have no idea, though. But the fan base is starting to get pissed off with you know seeing attendance drop. I know Jerry ain't going to like that, and I know Michael ain't going to like that. Because Mike basically, Michael really runs the day-to-day for the Chicago Bulls, so I've been told. I don't know that for sure, but I've been told that. Jerry oversees everything. He's still involved, but, I, you know, I, I think that we're going to see some changes. But, I mean, that's that's kind of all I have on anything else besides our Zach Levine all-star bid. Co- they need to let Kobe be Kobe and, you know, Lowry marking getting a little bit more fucking aggressive, which may help, you know, his game and maybe his confidence as well. Do you have anything else to add?
1: No, other than I forgot to mention that Lowry did put out an Instagram post, uh, great bounce back. And then he added, and my boy Zach Levine better be an all star. So <coughs> I like to see that kind of stuff just because. The closest uh, of probably, the team. Some, well, I mean, there, there probably is some questions like Does Lowry hate playing with Zach because Zach's putting up like double the amount of shots as him, kind of thing? So to see that, you know, kind of encouragement, approval from Lowry at least tells me that he's not blaming Zach for this situation. And if we can fix the coaching and hopefully maybe uh, even higher than that in the near future, that as long as those two are good, I think uh, we'll, we'll always have at least a little something.
0: Right. I, I can definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um. So I guess we'll look at tomorrow's game and then we'll go into tomorrow's guest so we can let everybody know, you know, Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. I think you'll be really excited once we announce this guest after we do uh, tomorrow's preview. Uh, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The Bulls, uh, ha- I-, I hate to start uh, because I have to work, but I-, I should be getting home right when tip-off happens, which I'm excited about. And you guys know how me and Goose are. We're on the mic usually. 95% of the time we're on the mic right after the game. You guys have the game within, or have the recap within 45 minutes of the game ending. Um, but tomorrow it's going to be a little bit different, and I'm going to tell you why after we preview it. But tomorrow we have, huh, we've got Greek Freak. We've got the Milwaukee Bucks. It's in Milwaukee. Um, again, we, we just previewed them, what was it, two weeks ago when we played. Uh, this team's fucking badass, dude. This team is badass. Bledsoe's back. Giannis is the man. Middleton's a bad motherfucker. I mean, this team's good. And uh, the Bulls need to be on their A game. Uh, that's what it needs to be. I mean, shit, dude. Wes Matthews has been playing decent, you know, pretty decent. Brooke Lopez, <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody, dude. It, it's it's insane. Kyle Korver adds a lot of, you know, off their bench. DiVincenzo, he adds a lot. This team is a championship caliber team. Um, so the Bulls need to come out tomorrow and hopefully Lowry uses a little bit of the aggressiveness that he kind of alluded to, and Zach can be Zach because that's the only way the Bulls pull out this victory. You got anything to add on that?
1: Um, hopefully Giannis takes a rest day, which I know he won't do, but uh, <laughs> maybe he just decides to throw us a bone. Maybe he wants to play us, uh, in the first round as the eighth seed so he can kick our ass like we used to kick his. Uh, so, you know, you know, when he was in his growing stage, we got the best of him. So maybe he wants to see us in the eighth round and he'll throw us a win and take a nap tomorrow instead. Uh, But other than that, yeah, it's probably going to be a massacre.
0: Dude, his minutes have been so minimal, too, and he's been putting up so much crazy numbers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, dude fucking played 25 minutes yesterday, which was Saturday. 25 minutes, 29 points in 25 minutes, 12 boards, 4 assists, 1 steal. Did turn the ball over 8 times, and they still win the fucking game. Again, they played overrated Kyrie Irving and Brooklyn. That
1: is the best form of just lose the term holy crap <laughs> i'll
0: let you think about it but I'll load
1: be... load management oh there, there you we go. go there you go that is the best form of load management just beat the crap out of your opponent every night and
0: sit the fourth second quarter half out. yeah so oh yeah. yeah you know just basically sit the second half because you just shit on them in the first half um but yeah so they yeah they beat brooklyn so you know we're gonna have a right, we're gonna have a rough go at it it's it's you know this is the best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Bulls got to come out and try to try to do whatever they can to to perform. So after tomorrow's game against Milwaukee, we'll be welcoming uh, a real special guest. Somebody I man I truly respect. I've read his work for a long time. Now we get to watch him work. Uh, Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago will be joining us tomorrow to do the recap. We'll probably talk a little bit of Zach Levine All Star Two with him. Um, you know, just throw a couple things his way that, you know, maybe people want to hear. So if you have any questions for that, as you're listening to this episode, hit us up on Twitter. Hit either goose up at Bullscripted, hit me up at buzzontap, or more collectively just hit us up at Bullsontap um, after I post this for questions that you want us to ask Casey Johnson. You know, he's around the team every day. He's been covering the team for 20, you know, 20 years. I think it's actually 20-plus years. Um so very excited to bring him on the show tomorrow night. Uh, other than that, I ain't got anything else, man. What about you, Goose?
1: No, not much. Uh, let's get our asses kicked together and move on.
0: <laughs> for sure. I love that. So uh, everybody be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all Chicago sports literature and <laughs> podcasting needs. I already gave you all the Twitter handles, so I'm not going to do that again. And we'll be back tomorrow with KC Johnson here on Bulls on Tap. Let's go Bulls.